0: Welcome to the Trainer Life Podcast. My name is Danielle Harrison and I am a certified personal trainer and corrective exercise specialist. And I've been in the fitness industry in New York City for over 10 years. I've learned a lot and met some amazing people along the way. So if you are always curious about the ins and outs of the industry from a woman's perspective, then this podcast is for you. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you're enjoying the episodes. I hope you're finding them fun, educational, and I appreciate you taking just a little bit of time out of your day with whatever you're doing to tune in. So thank you so much. I greatly appreciate that. So I hope you are drinking your water, eating your veggies and enjoying cookies too, because around here, we believe balance to life is key. And Balance does not always happen, but we do always try. All right, so let's get into into today's topic, and that is going to be stop taking all of your workouts to the limit. You should not be maxing out every single time you work out. Now, we see the commercials that people are sweating, lifting heavy, and taking their workouts to the limits. And that is a goal of our workouts is to be able to do things we once weren't able to do. But also it's marketing. They want you to buy the shoes. They want you to buy the sports bra or the pants or the fitness tracker. So we always have to remember the perspective we're coming, they're coming from with what we're seeing. And sometimes I wish there was way more of the backstory of getting to, you know, that sweaty hill run, that lifting heavy, you know, plyometric movements and everything. And what I find most challenging if, especially when I'm working with a new client is that is a goal, but that is not where you start. So one of the biggest things I do now especially when I start working with a new client, is I let them know their first couple of sessions, depending on where their assessment tells me they are, are, you know, they might feel it's a little lighter. Because I'm like, one, I don't want you to get injured. And I need to make sure that you are where you need to be to be able to do challenging things. So I realized after, you know, being in the fitness industry for the amount of time I have that I always preface, hey, what first your first session is an assessment so that is that session is shorter than most sessions and i'm really checking on your foundations and if there's any dysfunctions and if you if anyone does have a dysfunction those things are going to be dealt with before we even start a fitness program your fitness program is basically going to be on working on those dysfunctions and anything we can do to remedy them then we have to set then i have to set you up to see all right where are your movements? I'm not just going to, you know, slap some weights on a barbell and be like, all right, do it. Let me see how you can handle this weight. Absolutely not. I'm not going to have you sprinting at high speeds on our first session and, you know, be like, you know, just hold on to it for as long as you can. Just hold on. Absolutely not. And if you do work with anybody that has you do that, you might want to rethink that. Now I will preface, I will put a caveat in there saying, if you are an athlete who this is just another section of your coaching, okay, that's a different story. You're working with a physical therapist, you're working with your trainer and they're like, okay, here's your sprint coach. You know, yes, 100%. There's a well-rounded look at your entire fitness portfolio. But if you are someone who is a novice to fitness, your general population, you're just starting out you should not be maxing out on lifts. You should not be sprinting or doing those things on a first session. All right. A first session is to create that baseline and to create that foundation and see where you are. Once that is created, then we can get into the more, you know, high intensity dynamic weightlifting movements. But again, if this is something you are just starting out with, it's so challenging to get that first time gym goer or, you know, novice athlete to understand you That you're not going to be, if you want to be, you know, in a weightlifting competition, we're we're starting probably with a body bar. Again, depending on where you are, I'm saying like the most basic. We're starting with body bars. We're starting with bands. We're starting with dumbbells. We're making sure you're in alignment and you can hold on to tempo and form. And of course, progressive overload is going to be a part of that. But dripping and being like, I can't do it anymore in your first, you know, sometimes even a month of sessions is not going to happen. Are you going to feel challenged? Are you going to feel like you're working out? Yes, but you know, you're you're not going to look like a Nike commercial. Now, one of the things I call what I like to term this, especially when working with someone new is the less sexy side of fitness. And honestly, that is a majority of your, your training. It's the less sexy side. And what I mean by this, it's about learning to hold a plank with good form for 30 seconds instead of holding a plank for one minute with bad form. Now someone, could, I've had people do this. You know, I can hold a plank for like two, three minutes, but you know, thirty seconds in, their booties are hiked towards the ceiling, and they're looking at their toes, and they're they're not really engaging their core or anything. And I'm like, okay. You're holding it for three minutes, but you're not holding it with good form. So kind of as far as I'm concerned, you only held it for as long as you held the ton, the quality form for the time. So as soon as that form dropped, your seconds dropped too. If you only held that, that three minute plank with 45 seconds of good form, I call it a 45 second plank. Um, when certain people, they tell me, oh, you know, I used to squat a certain amount with my trainer or anything like that. I still check on them and I will be like, okay, well, we're going to pull it way back because I need to see the depth of squat. I need to see if form breaks. I need to see range of motion. There are so many factors that go into it that sometimes I'm like, okay, we might need to pull back a little bit, or we need to do an activation Or, you know, I see it a lot with deadlifts, like the rounding of the back and things to that nature. So I'm like, you're, you might be able to lift the weight, but if you're not lifting the weight with solid form, then we're going to have to pull back because I don't want you to pull your lower back. I don't want you to have to stop training because you passed, you know, you just made your way through bad form. I've seen what it does to people. I've seen the long process of you know, possible surgery, or physical therapy, or having not to work out for a little bit. And my biggest goal is to try and do our best to prevent that. Now, can we 100% prevent that? No, we cannot, but we can do our best to try and just take a step back and get that quality foreman. Um, I personally like to call this the slingshot method. And that is my personal term that I use with either teaching classes, coaching clients, because I think people find they um, it helps them to just visualize a little bit better what I'm asking of them. So for example, instead of doing jump lunges, I sometimes will have people do lower impact back lunges. And so I got sidetracked with that. I was talking about the slingshots, <laughs> what I, how I turned this uh the slingshot method basically meaning that it's a way to pull yourself back and set yourself up so what happens when you release a slingshot it propels forward even further and that's what sometimes taking a step back in your fitness is it's a a way to enable yourself to propel forward so sometimes that usually helps people when They don't really want to change into a lower impact move, but they understand it when I term it better like that. So, when thinking about when people want to max out and go heavy and all that in every single workout, let's take a look at athletes. Let's take a look at you know weightlifters, you know powerlifters. I love powerlifting and I love those types of movements. That's personally what I like. That is not necessarily what all of my clients do because everybody has different goals. And also let's look at sports athletes. So, you know, basketball, football, things to that nature. I'll say basketball because we're in basketball season right now. At the time I am recording this, whenever you're listening to it, might be tomorrow, might be years from now, but anyway, we're like in basketball season. And when you will start with looking at powerlifters. So when we look at powerlifters, they do not max out every workout. There is no way they can do that every single workout. They will fatigue and they will injure themselves, and that will be one of the prime things they will tell you. So if you've ever seen a video or you know tons of stuff on Instagram when you have people who do like sumo squats and. Um, sumo deadlifts, I'm sorry, and bench press and squats and things to that nature, like the big three for powerlifting. You'll notice they always work in percentages of their one rep max. So, meaning if someone's one, one, why do I sound funny saying that? If someone's one rep max is, we'll say 200 pounds then they will work within percentages of that 200 pounds. So sometimes you'll see them do, oh, 60, you know, I started at 60% of my one rep max, or I did, you know, then I took it to 70% of my one rep max, or I did 80% of my one rep max for X amount of reps and things like that. And that's pretty much their entire workout. Powerlifters and weightlifters like that, they only check on their max lifts maybe every, we'll say, six weeks, six to eight weeks. Again, everybody is different depending on their programming, how long they've been doing the sport, injury, what their time out to their competition. So that's one thing. So think about it. You're here trying to go hard, trying to go heavy, trying to, you know, pant and sweat it out. And people who are professionals or who compete don't even max out at every workout. Same thing if you look at marathon training books. So if you've ever gone and, you know, said, I'm going to run a marathon and you get one of those training books. I, I know I used one for my half marathon and I loosely used one for my full marathon but a lot of times, it'll tell you to work within different mile times, Sorry, I could not think for a second, but it will tell you to work within different mile times. So you're not going to be sometimes it's like, okay, today, you're at your half marathon pace. So we're going to do four times eight hundreds, but at like 80% of what you sh- what you can hold. So if And that means like, if you're running eight minute miles, well, you shouldn't be hitting those eight minute miles, one in that workout or every time, 80%, you know, you bring it up to maybe a nine minute mile or something like that. And that is in training books, again, for like, you know, you're just starting out. Um, And then there's also the taper phase. So that usually happens the week prior to train, to a marathon or a half marathon, it's tapering back. So most people think, well, you know, you just keep increasing that mileage and you have your long run up to the week before you actually don't. You have what's called that taper week where you actually reduce your mileage down quite a bit until, and then that next week is your actual event. So you shouldn't be all right, you and you stop at I think it's 18 miles, is the longest you will run in a training program, or at least when I was doing it, was the long your longest long run until your taper. And that is so that your body can replenish itself and you can prevent injury, and you can also do your best on. You know, run day, that marathon day. You don't want to be so fatigued from your training the week before or the weeks prior that you can't perform on that specific day. So that's why not going the hardest all the time is very important. One more example would be if we look, like I said, we're in basketball season right now. When a basketball player gets out on the court and they're at practice, they're not going full out at practice because what are you going to have left for game day? So, that, that's the, one of the ways I want you to think about it because, you know, working out and everything, we do look at it in an athletic sense. So, think about athletes. Do you think that they are at practice, you know, giving a hundred and at practice. Mentally, 100%. Every workout, I want you to give your mental all. But physically, they're not working at that 100% because then they're not going to have anything left in the tank for game day and they could also cause injury to themselves. Athletes also have training programs, they have to go into the gym, they have to lift weights, they're not out here maxing out on their weight lifts. Every time they go into the gym, every time they go into the gym, they're not maxing out on squats and bench press and deadlifts and things to that nature. They can't they're more in a conditioning phase. And when they're in the off season is when they go a little bit more into that building phase. Now I'm speaking very generally Every sport is different. I have a friend who is a boxer and she does more conditioning work. She weightlifts, she squats, she deadlifts, but going super heavy is not really in her training. It's more about making sure she's utilizing utilizing weights to protect her muscles so that she is that she's still able to box and be quick on her feet so her work is way more conditioning than it is let me lift super heavy even in her off season so again every sport is different every off season is different and depending on a person's injuries their training style and programming is also going to be different as well but one of the paramount things that goes straight across the board is that, but we, ca- we do not give 100% at practice. We give 100% of our mentality, but we can't give 100% of our bodies because then that is just injury. So we need to make sure that we're ready, we're prepped for game day, we're ready and prepped for our competition, we're ready and we're prepped for that marathon. You know, most marathon trainings are 16 to 20 weeks, again, if it's your first, and nowhere in that 16 to 20 week training are you actually running 26.2 miles. You're not running 26.2 miles anywhere in a marathon training program. You're not. When you are in a powerlifting program, you you work within percentages of your one rep max and they only, powerlifters who compete, really only check them maybe, you know, every six weeks, possibly eight, again, depending on how long they've been in the field. So... That's just kind of the point of this episode is I want you to think about that people who this is their job, this is their life, you know, they have dedicated so much time, and maybe not necessarily their job, but, you know, recreational athlete or something like that, who they do it pretty regularly. Our our training programs are not built for you to max out all the time, and if you want to have a long have longevity in your fitness journey, then sometimes pulling back is necessary. Another one, I'll give one more example, is a deload week. Most weight training programs and all weight training training programs have a deload week. Now, a deload week means. You are doing more conditioning work. You're not lifting as heavy. You're allowing your muscles to recover from what you've been doing it doing to it for the past. You know, most deload weeks are at maybe once a month. Again, once every six weeks, depending on where someone's starting, depending on where they are and their fitness level. It's just a nice way for your body to replenish itself, to take a nice little reprieve, to be like, okay, you know, I'm not going to be sore. I'm not going to be hurting, and then boom, you go back in. I have heard so many people say once they've taken a deload week, oh, I didn't realize how much I needed that. They feel like they say, oh, I've come back. I feel stronger. And I said, that's the point. The point is to take that intensity off of your body. And what I mean by intensity is working in those percentages of a one rep max, or working in percentages of that all out pace you can do If you're a runner or anything, you got to pull it back a little bit. Your body needs to be able to recover. Your body needs to be able to take a break. You need to allow it to heal so that, again, slingshot method, we got to pull it back. We got to take that deload week. We got to allow that recovery. We got to allow that healing, pulling that slingshot back. And then once that deload week is over, boom, the slingshot propels forward. People go, oh, I feel so much better. Oh, I feel like I can accomplish more. I didn't realize how much I needed it. That is what I hear a lot from clients when they, I build that trust with them and they understand about long-term programming and goal setting and micro goal setting. That's where I can get them or I have gotten clients in the past. So that's one thing I think is very important to let people know. You should not be going, you know, balls out, all out every time. In your mindset, yes, do your best that every time you step onto that gym floor, you meet your coach, you're working out, give that 100, 120, 150, whatever it is for you of your mindset. Be intentional when you go in. Have intentionality of doing your best. But know that is going to be in percentages of your best. And of course, those percentages will also grow. And your best will grow if you are consistent. All right, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know if you have any questions, comments, I'm here for it. And yeah, I think that's it for this week's episode. I am on a roll. I've been consistently doing this for let me not get too jazzed. It's only been like three weeks of consistency. But since I launched but listen, we are going to be happy about that three weeks. All right, so enjoy your day. I hope it is wonderful. I hope you get to move your body in whatever way serves you on your fitness journey. Feel free to email me at the life at gmail.com. And in the subject line put podcast just so I know the that email is specifically for the podcast, or you can slide into those DMS on Instagram at the trainer life podcast on IG. All right, everybody have a wonderful day and I will see you next week. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of The Trainer Life. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And I will see you all next week. Have a great day, everybody.